Hello, welcome to the Age of Sigmar Stat Center. I'm your one of your two hosts, uh, Rob, uh, joined by my good friend and this wonderful Age of Sigmar player and human being, Mr. Owen Jackson. Can we get some Owen Jackson emotes in the chat? Owen, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. I'm good, man. You know, the old uh, post-tournament fuzz, you know, a combination of thinking about the games, trying to get some energy back. Maybe thinking about things you could have done better or worse, but overall, I'm 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 a solid eight out of ten this morning. Maybe even eight and a half, Rob. You know, so you know. Great. Going to ride that train. How are you, sir? Are you well? Uh, thanks to Percussive Scruff for resubscribing and everyone for joining us live. Yeah, I, I was under the weather at the end of last week, which was uh, a bit disappointing. I had to cancel a couple of shows, but I'm back in full fettle, and I can't uh, like. If anything, I think my body was just prepping me. Uh, we got the Age of Sigma um, uh, show tonight, AOS Mondays, uh, where we're going to be reviewing some of the storm stuff because uh, obviously those battle tomes came out of the weekend a pretty quiet week on the event front ultimately only a two day and a one uh, and a couple of one days this weekend but leading up to some very exciting events over the next few months you've got blood tithe you've got six nations which are all team events which in my opinion is the best version of warhammer uh thank you to gil 28 for subscribing i think that's how you say it or <laughs> who knows xio 28 thanks um so yeah like um not tons to like break down from the weekend but i'm excited about new battle tomes uh so that how that's going to affect the game how that's going to affect the meta um i'm excited about like big team events and what we're going to learn from those and what lists and innovation we see because we're still really early into the uh bobo's coming up oh my god bobo uh there's a lot yeah. happening right uh london open uh, i think cabbage london open um yep. or in the heartlands that's 114 players now rob uh, mark wild holy hand grenades yeah that's mark and that's liam's crazy. event in leicester in the uk so um mm -hmm. which we're doing the coverage at um are you really oh amazing yeah oh mate yeah yeah okay fantastic um <laughs> <laughs> we're on a, a journey of discovery all the time aren't we rob uh we are um yeah we it's are. wild and i think um more big tournaments and well more tournaments of any kind means that um this mad game is going to continue to be mad i think i'm not really sure if the meta's ever going to settle down what do you think sir uh, I, I mean, the, uh, thank you to Stu and Professor Mort for resubscribing. Big love to everyone. Uh, the meta settling down, I think, I, I think you have like consistencies in the meta, right? I, like we talked about this on the show and we have been talking about it on the show for a couple of months. Uh, it's really nice of, uh, Warcom to be picking up on that conversation and talk about the 5-0 bracket and the 4-1 bracket. So, uh, thank you to them for, uh, seeing the good work that we're doing here and, uh, and replicating that. So it goes out to a wider audience because it's important to me that more and more people, uh, embrace this idea because previously like having done the stats now for nearly five years one of the things that really happens all the time in my opinion Owen, is uh, sometimes just like a key one event is like the main conversation point for ages which is why when LLV uh, came on board and started doing all the stats it was so important for us to start understanding win rates and, and, and placements and, and finishes and all those other things mm. uh, I remember the, the famous story of Cities of Sigmar being a pretty like mid-tier book but actually the Hallow Heart build being a very competent book mm. um so i think yeah the meta requires like a lot of uh, thinking about oftentimes when you write lists i will say having looked at like quite a lot of one day events over the past few months now i would say one of the things is you can pretty much win any one day event with any list is what i'm gonna say mm -hmm. like maybe not gets 
bless their fucking hearts. But like, you could probably win most one day events with anything, really. Just turn up and have a laugh. So if you are, and one day is a great, right? I would say one day is the perfect kind of like, um, like hobby hangout. Like if you're just like, if you're like, hey man, I just want to paint what I love and just do whatever. It's good to one day. You'll probably win a game or two, and you'll be like, this is great. Like, yeah, yeah. like what? What are these people on Facebook complaining about? I'm like, it's a good point. Who knows? Uh, so yeah, I'm. I, Sorry, Rob. I, I do like the way that um, you've just said everybody but Gits can win a three-day, and there's like loads of Gits players. Right, like, I'll bloody show him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me write this the hell down. <laughs> but no, you're, My you're, you're right. I think God. there's Git. Um, uh, one day has seemed to be your, your testing bed, especially for the more competitive players. Um, you know, you yep. you try it, you list at your one day. Um, but often uh, at a big two-day event is where, you know, game four is where you have your real test, isn't it? That's where, you know, you might come up against, um, you know, a, a real uh, a real tough list or tough opponent. Um, I thought I'd frozen for a second, but you're just keeping a very, very still pose, Rob. I'm, I'm very impressed there. That was that was good. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, so it's it's an exciting time. You're also at an event this weekend, which is our only two-day that we can talk about. Although there, although there was another two-day, and I think maybe we could kick off uh, just by talking about that, mm -hmm. um, specifically because it was for a good cause. Um, uh, so the Bruce City Brawl. Brew City Brawl uh, was... Now, we've, we talked about this a little bit pre-show. Uh, we've been in this fascinating position where people have been really trying to like, me like mess around with like tournaments as we've seen them anyway. Uh, during the TTS times, we had like, people like yourself inspire and start things like the Fat Middle events, which I think are a great idea. Uh, we had NashCon recently, which had two-list format, which mm. was very different. Uh, we had the event that Owen and Bud were at recently, where it was two-hour rounds, which is obviously insane. Uh, you have uh, Now you have Bruce City Brawl, and they've got a 3,000-point event, uh, all in the name of charity, which I think is really great. They managed to raise $2,500, $2,500 for money yeah uh, for for charity sorry saying dollars is weird two and a half thousand dollars for charity um uh which is really really exciting and congratulations to those guys uh, and then uh for placings we saw dave blenner and i isaiah ramsick probably said that wrong um both come in the 5-0 bracket uh one was the sons of behemoth list as you can imagine uh, at this point. And then the other was Legion of the First Prince, uh, which is a nice little techie uh, list. Uh, can you imagine Sons of Behemoth at 3,000 points, Owen? Yeah, it's just like another two toddlers, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Sorry, I really toddlers. don't. I don't, want to, I don't want to offend Sons of Behemoth players, but I do call the army war toddlers because it makes me laugh and they're a dumb army. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, you'll probably get I'd imagine it would have been five bigs and maybe some minis, but anyway, um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great army at two K, so it's it's just going to be only only better. And Legion of the First Prince, you get a lot of demons on the board at three K, right? A lot of tech. Well, because I yeah I, I think you're absolutely right. Like Legion of the First Prince is such a control army, but like normally the two K list versions that you see, like we saw from Tom Morsley's list uh, Face Hammer. Mm. It has all the key components for the Bellacor, Fate Weaver, the Demon Prince. It has those elements in its uh, and Sloppity. It has those lists uh, elements in the list, and you're paying for them. But you don't really get any redundancy for paying for them again, and you can't oftentimes because they're special characters. So a 3K, that list just becomes like cool. I just get more chaff. Mm. 
to play the primary because I have all of my control pieces already. So I think Legion of the First Prince gets it scales better. Mm -hmm. It gets stronger yes. as you go forward because you've paid for all the, the good stuff anyway. You're really scrimping in a 2K version. I don't know. I think it's interesting. And, and nice seeing, um, nice seeing uh, a 3,000 point event. Owen and Twitch chat, would you go to a 3K event? Uh, if it was for charity and I didn't have anything else on, then yeah. <laughs> Like, like if literally <laughs> someone someone said in the chat, Rob Kelly, I'd rather just donate the money than play three thousand points. <laughs> You're probably donating more to GW, having to buy another thousand points for your army. To be perfectly honest, so they're the real winners. But no, um, I think if it's an opportunity to go and hang out with a load of like-minded people and um, throw dice at each other and. Maybe, yeah, play against some people you don't normally play against. Then any, any event is better than no event. Um, but I am a bit, a bit of a, a 2K competitive whore. So I would, yeah. What if I told you it was one and a half hour rounds? Uh, I'd probably take Gargants then in that case. <laughs> oh, he's th uh, Kenny Lull is in the chat who was at the event and it looked like a really good team. So this is in Milwaukee. Um, and uh, I think Hobby Bear, he's on Twitter. He organized the event. I just want to make sure that uh, Kenny in the chat, if, if I've got that wrong, please let me know. But great work there. Uh, there were some cool prizes and looked really fun. And again, it's nice to see people just really playing with the format because obviously we talk about event results all the time. And we focus a lot, obviously, on 2K, uh, sorry, two-day events at 2K. But, like, you know, we talked about Nashcon. That's a two-list format. Uh, we're about to talk about Face Hammer, and that's a comped event as well. Uh, so that the environment changes there. Mm. Uh, and so I and I honestly think the Age of Sigmar community are going to do more of this in the future. We'll be talking about Blood Tithe and Six Nations uh, and AOS Worlds next year. All of those team formats, and they really mix up the they they mix up the the meta again, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um... I would say at the weekend, um, apart from people not bringing Lumineth, it felt like comp light. It wasn't really heavy comp, but yeah, still, still there was a, definitely a comp element in there. And there seems to be more and more tournaments, Rob, like you say. So why not have an opportunity to play the game in slightly different ways? You don't. All, I'm sure that once I've been to lots of 2K tournaments. You know, I'd like to go to a thousand point like um, Cabbage in the chat does quite a lot of one thousand point um, like beginner tournaments. Um, yep. So it's quite nice to, you know, take an army that you love that maybe isn't brilliant and, and you know, go and give some people some learning games or, you know, um, I, I, there's there's plenty of room um, for all sorts of events in the community. I think that's what I'm saying. But at the moment, Good. I'm 2K all the way. And I'm sure that you, that's how we that's how we think about the competitive game. Right. Get that, let's get those T-shirts. The Agency Mars Stat Center, 2K all the way. Yeah, right. Let's get them made. They'll, next week, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be able to buy them. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be available from us as merch. Uh, <laughs> so that was Brew City Brawl. Uh, that was one of the events that we had going on. Uh, Owen, the, uh, the major event that was on this weekend, or like one of the, uh, the major events that was on the weekend, was Face Hammer, yes. uh, which you were actually at, right? Uh, how was the event? It was great. It was really mad, actually. We were there doing the coverage two years ago, weren't we? And that felt yeah. like it felt like about ten years ago. What with the whole with the Rona and all that jazz. Um, but yeah, it was great. Um, lots of friendly faces. Lots of um, yeah. Uh, lots of meeting up with people I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, the Welsh team, you know, my Welsh um, uh, contingent. We took we took a decent amount of players up with me. So. Um, 
Alex Bruce, Andy Hughes, Math Mallow, who we're going to touch on later, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so friends, old and new. Um, 70 players. Um, and yeah, a lot of a lot of good armies. Um, in terms of the comp, there was some slight tweaks to things around, if I remember correctly, Severith. Gottrek couldn't be healed, which I think mm. is a good change. And that really did limit the amount of ginger missiles around on the table. Um, I have to admit, for me, it was a last-minute decision. I decided to go on the Friday and just get up there because I heard that there were quite a lot of people playing Ossiarch Bone Reapers, and I wanted to... Uh, Make sure that yeah, that I was you know people knew that I was the master of the bone tithe just because of you know for my own ego more than anything. Um, but, that's fine. Um, that's fine. Like I, I, as far as I understand that you have a sign in your house now that says master of the bone tithe. Yeah, so I mean right that, that, all my post comes to that now. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I was literally about to give out my address on the internet then. <laughs> just for the sake of a crap joke. But no, it just says master of the bone tithe. A bit like how you have the pub landlord's name above the door. Um, I work in graphics and printing, so I just got something made up. It's great. Good. Yeah. Sweet. I like the one that you had made for me, which was Pink Horrors Suck and Rob's the Worst, which I just thought was rude. But, like, it's a good one to, like, you know, you know whatever. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, right. So um, thank you, by the way, to Archeon's Chosen in the chat for resubscribing. Big love to you. Um, uh, so the event, just to kind of, like, uh, talk about it, like, from a top-down perspective, uh, was one. Uh, so there was two 5-0 placings. We had Laurie Wilde. Uh, with his slaves to darkness, we'll talk. We'll talk about the list in detail in a moment. Uh, with his slaves to darkness, uh, demon print. Uh, sorry, his slaves to darkness list with Archeon in, uh, and then uh, the other five O that we had was Dan George um, with his sons of Behemoth list. So those are the two five O lists that we had. Yeah. I think one of the interesting things uh, is they're both from the same club. They are, yeah, they are. Um, and then following up from Steve Curtis's recent win at the Kent. GT and also also from the same club yeah and then he also won Age of Styles which was a a, a five game event so um yeah they've got uh they've got some pedigree there definitely um that's pretty good I mean that's you can't you can't argue with that right three of those wins were gargants I just want to frame the conversation there but yeah definitely <laughs> a, a very competitive scene there and um I think that's that certainly that's Dan George's first 5-0 so um as a fellow Team Wales member I was we're over the moon for, for Dan because he, uh, yeah, it, there's a conversation around that army and maybe how well it performs in Age of Sigma 3, but you still got to put the models in the right places, make the right decisions. Um, and he, yeah, he beat a lot of uh, good armies to get that 5-0. And then, yeah, Laurie, obviously known for Sylvaneth primarily, he's been pushing around a very, very, I'm going to keep using the word efficient, Rob. I didn't do many notes for today because I'm knackered. But brutal efficiency is what I put about these two 5-0 lists. Um, and in a slightly different way, well, obviously in a very different way to the Gargants, um, Laurie's Slaves to Darkness army is, is incredibly efficient. Um, and I think that, that that Dark Master, you know, the um, knowing who's going next, yep. that's uh, hella strong. Now that, now that I think people are moving away from Zinch Archeon, this sixth circle is... Um, Knowing that you're going to get a double turn, Rob, that sounds pretty good, right? 
Very good. Very good. Especially, I mean, one of the interesting things about this is how many, how, like, in Age of Sigmar 3, we talked about it several times. We've talked about the monsters. We've talked about save stacking. We've talked about a bunch of different things. But ultimately, Archeon has performed very well for the entire of Age of Sigmar 3 so far. We've had several 5-0s from Archeon. Uh, we've had, uh, in different flavors, Zinch Archeon. We've had Slaves to Darkness uh, Archeons already in Australia and America uh, going 5-0. Mm -hmm. So Archeon in Slaves to Darkness it really feels like it's Archeon and then pick the flavor you want to really like juice him up with mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of them out there right like he he in the meta uh, like if you were to take Archeon as a faction is already doing really well mm. you know and there's a bunch of reasons as to why we talked about like the ability to heal so really what you're saying is um and I agree with you the Dark Master ability is is excellent but it's also excellent to have him in Zinch. It's also excellent to have him in the other, uh, in Idolaters with the save stacking. There's there's so many options for Archeon to go into these different lists. And I think, did we see Mike Wilson? Did he have Archeon in his list as well in the corn? Yes. Uh, in Saves to Darkness, who also went 5-1 at this tournament. So it's, like, I agree with you. It's a great ability. Mm. I think that, like, ultimately, though, you have to talk about that linchpin piece that is Archeon and ask, we have to ask ourselves, like, you kind of, two conversations I was going to ask you at the end of today is Archeon and Gargants, you probably are going to face both. The variety of Archeon isn't going to matter because um, uh, um, it's a it's a several different ones and the Gargants are always, it, sometimes they're different sub-factions as well. You have to ask yourself, how do you beat those two? Does your regu regular flub army have the ability to beat those two, I would say, mm -hmm. right at the moment? They seem to be some of the most dominant. With Sentinels and Severith, interesting because it was a comped event not having Severith there, how much we think that that might have changed the results. I think probably not based on the two lists. I don't think either of those two lists have hampered particularly much by the Helon lists, but maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think um, there was, I was surprised not to see, like uh, with Severith and the, 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 the change to them was that they only get to move in the Lumineth players movement for, uh, after the Lumineth players shooting phase, which stops the, the Joe Cryer style, you know, like screen out with all of your foxes. And then when your opponent tries to get close, you move away. And then all the while you're just bombing them with Sentinels. Um, a lot of the Lumineth players, so um, Richie McCallie, um, uh, JP Stevens, and there were a number more, uh, uh, Paul Buckler also took, um, they moved more towards Teclian builds and actually went for Zytrek for the casting. Whereas I do think that... Um, once Severith is out of the equation, then I think um, I actually think that the Sire build, Teclis Sire, is excellent into both the into Archeon and into Gargants. So I was actually surprised. And then um, the ultimate 80s rock and roll band, uh, Marathi and the Bow Snakes, that does well there because that that does the DPS check. Uh, into the Gargants, mm -hmm. and it also now that uh, Archeon doesn't make you reroll your sixes with the Eye of Shireen, yep. Eye of Sharon, Sharon. Um, Is that in effect this weekend though? No, 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 because no, it was yeah. So so now that it's only minus one to hit for once, you know, once per game, then those bow snakes really can push that damage home. Because um, whilst he's got four up with the safe stacking. I think that Laurie's slaves list is is the better one be, rather than the because Mark of Zinch gives him another five up board against spells. So if you if you get the the uh, priest buff off like the war shrine buff, Archeon's on a rerollable save, probably a one up or a two up, and then he has a four up five up four up four up five up against spells. 
Yeah, so, so this is actually, so just to go through the list, it's on the screen for you guys now, and it's also on the Honest Wargamer website, so if you want to go check it in, just type in Facehammer GT on the uh, Honest Wargamer website and you'll find it. Um, so uh, Slaves to Darkness, so it's host the ever-chosen six circles. So this is sixes to wound, do an extra pick per damage uh, on the Varangard. Uh, and we actually... Uh, got... no. Oh, sorry. Two damage on the charge. It's Two damage plus on one damage on the charge. That's the one. That's the yeah. one. No um, uh, the uh, the thing to this is uh, fairly similar to we saw Dave Kerr go five zero with something s- similar um, uh, literally like a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then we also saw another five zero uh, with the Marcus and Eshvaran guard. So uh, this has been doing the rounds for a while. Um, and then uh, we've got six circle. We've got Archeon uh, and he's got Marcus Inch. Now the reason that that's so important and we talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, or a couple of months ago even, uh, the uh, the reason that that's so good is, like you say, it's that spell ignore, but more importantly, it's the reroll ones to save from Mark of Zinch. Mm. Um, and that's so important when you've already got base three-up armor saves, ignoring Mystic Shield, ignoring all-out defense, uh, because now, because th- those reroll ones are so rare now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can get plus one save from Mark of Nurgle, and you're right, it's the re Any rerolls that are left in the game, and I think early on, Rob, we had a conversation there's been a number of conversations as, as soon as that age of sigma three um all of the, the the faqs came out and the changes came out and so many re-rolls got removed and within a few days or probably the same day everyone was going "Ooh, slaves have still got quite a few re-rolls you know we got we got re-roll hits and wounds from demonic power we've got re-roll ones to save um but yeah i think the key one outside of the combat efficiency is the re-roll ones to save because you can get yourself down to a a one-up save re-rolling ones or a two-up save ignoring rend one um so he just doesn't die right just he just he just doesn't die um and especially with the spell ignore right and but then we talked about this yeah with archeon like it's the 15 d3 heal so uh for a heroic recovery you've got one in each phase like well one in each turn sorry in a battle round yours and yours opponents he's bravery 10 so more than likely you're going to get get it off most times and then in each of his hero phases he's also got an additional uh d3 that he can heal in his so that's 15 d3 potentially that you can bring back mm-hmm. um which is pretty significant ultimately uh for for this model and he doesn't really bracket terribly um, uh, but that's, that's a big heal, especially in your opponent's turn, your turn. Like, you know, like you have your turn, you heal, your opponent takes their turn, you heal. And they're like, it's 2d3 you've healed, like before I've even got to like interact with you. Like, that's a lot. For, like, it, I can imagine it can be, um, oh, yes, thank you. Uh, Laurie in the chat, by the way, congratulations to Laurie on uh, doing so well over the weekend. Uh, like, um, God about that, bravery 12, that's <laughs> mad. <laughs> I've lost he Owen for a second. Get to heal. Where is he? he always gets to heal. Oh, am I back? You're back now. What were you saying, sir? Sorry. Sorry, I think my internet's crapping out. Um, I was just saying that with Nagash at the weekend, Bravery 10, I did roll two 11s and didn't get to heal, whereas the minimum, even if you double six it, is um, is, gonna be, is, is a one. Yeah. Heal mad. One. Absolutely yeah. mad. And, yeah, and again, you can, you can talk about this in, in basically like um, any list, right? Because it's effectively still the same. Uh, same yeah. was when we, we saw Fabian do so well uh, in the Zeech version of it. So Chaos Lord, you got Pile and Attack twice uh, from Chaos Lord. And you got Chaos Sorcerer Lord, obviously for demonic power. Uh, and also Oracular Visions nailed it. 
that's how we do it. Um, uh, and then 30 Chaos Marauders, uh, 10 Chaos Marauders, and then three Varangard with markers each, and then nine Untamed Beasts, and a Chaos War Shrine uh, with Curse as well, so uh, for that clutch potential to do Mortal Wounds. So not too dissimilar, actually, from Dave Kerr's list that we saw a few weeks ago, right? No, and then um, I think it was Anthony Trentinelli over in America has been pushing around something. Yes, um, yeah, he has. Yeah, Anthony as well, um, thank you. I knew it was someone. I was like, who is it? But yeah, I think there's a, and it's a one drop. So standard play, I think um, most times it would be you've got the untamed beasts to screen out mm. and you've got enough troops to protect the important stuff um, like your War Shrine, Archeon and the two small characters. So you can always give away first turn. You can roll your die. And I'm not saying this is the only way you win, but you win a lot of games by rolling your die, hiding, okay, I've got, I've got a double turn. I'm gonna, and if your opponent hasn't double screened, like um, my teammate Alex Bruce playing against um, Mike Wilson with a very similar build, mm -hmm. he didn't double layer his screens. Mike knew that he was going, so he went forward, smashed the screens, went forward, smashed everything else and i think on alex's turn two he had marathi left out of a full daughters of cain army so again going back to the idea of brutal efficiency um an army with an insane amount of rerolls that's incredibly tanky that has efficient damage and plenty of rerolls then knows that it can then impose that and and get those battle tactics and you know possibly smash off most of your opponent's army um, you know, Laurie, Laurie didn't drop a battle tactic all weekend. Mm. Um, and also had a really tough path to victory as well. Like something to be noted. Yeah. Like he, he had a, he had a very solid, uh, um, uh, win, win path. Uh, like he, mm. he, he didn't, he didn't just like bunny run it through. He, he had to defeat some pretty prominent players, uh, and some, uh, I wouldn't say prominent armies, but some prominent players, definitely. Um, losing the first oh, prince yeah. by Tom Maudsley being like a particular stellar match. I would have loved to have watched. Um, Tom played Soulblight actually, Rob. Oh sorry, yes, sorry. Black. Yes. Thank you. Soulblight. It was Tom played. Actually, it's a funny as an aside. Mm. Uh, Tom described his Legion of the First Prince list as a as a as a as a gotcha list, and he didn't like playing it because he explained his 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 potential gotcha to Carnage. Um, so I think he had a lot more fun running this um, running his um, Soulblight, and that was the table one. Yeah, round it, was the, it was the Castelli one with the twenty five Blood Knights, wasn't yeah. it? I did know that. I was just getting confused between events. Uh, Jog PLC, thanks for resubscribing. Um, uh, so. Uh, the uh, so yeah so that was that was one of our five O's and then in uh, second well not second second place yes at the event but in the five O bracket as we discussed them uh, Dan George right yes. um, with uh, his <laughs> Sons of Ahab list we'll try and deep dive this <laughs> um, let's talk about the fact that Dan George has got names on all of his on his dudes this is amazing right uh, so he's got the Kraken Mega Gargan uh, three shanks he's got um, uh, he's got a gate breaker and he's got another kraken eater uh and uh, so he's got two kraken eaters sorry um and then he's got, has he got three, three? Tri triple football three. mate triple football triple football and the gate breaker right yeah yeah um uh so like i think that that's 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 uh something you're gonna see all the time i don't think what is let's let's quote our man um let's quote our man uh adam let's quote adam, adam from the troll slayers right you walk forward and you stand uh, but this is a bit different. You walk forward and kick a bit and stand. It's um, I played it game game five table two. Uh, I had a rush of blood to the head and threw away Nagash. Um, but I can give you some insights. It's 
<laughs> please, please, because I'm really struggling to get any insights. <laughs> it's really, really strong. And uh, you do, I mean, I for a bit of context, I, I had a lot of bad luck, but I'm not going to blame bad luck. He's got some, there aren't that many, you're right there, there aren't that many ways to build it. I think collectively in the room, there was a few noises around the fact that being able to take four big lads shouldn't really be allowed. I think they should be pointed so that you can only really take three. But um, three shanks is the general, and he's got minus one to hit. And then the gatebreaker, who's your damage guy, he's got the amulet, so 35 wounds on a four up, five up. Pretty good. Um, and then he's able to make two of them wizards, which is cute. So he's got the arcane tome on one and then the glowy lantern on the other. And then they've got both got flaming weapons so they can get their um, clubs up to damage three, I believe, because they're damage two base on a Kraken Eater. Kraken Eater is three, I'm sure. Isn't it Ren two damage three? That's no, Ren the, three. That Ren three damage three is the gatebreaker. Um, oh, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yes, you're um, right. Kraken Eater. Yeah, yeah. I saw the Great Beaker's got the Amulet of Destiny. Yeah, of course. This is, we saw this, is it the Steve's list as well? Didn't Steve do the same? He had the Amulet on the Gatebreaker and then the. <laughs> Age of Sigma is really techie, right? <laughs> He's got to. <laughs> which, which way round are you putting the Amulet and the Arcade Tome is the question for the Gargan players. <laughs> I think it, Steve had one of each and some minis. Um, but this, yeah, you're, you're right. There's not a huge amount of choices, um, but definitely amulet on the gatebreaker is 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 the way to go. I think that those gatebreakers, um, they should be called amulet knickers or something or amulet stealers because every list they're like mine. Um, they always have the amulet because they're the the big damaged guys, so you want them to stick around longest. But triple football is horrible, man. It, it, against Dan. It did feel like, <laughs> hey, Dan, he's in the chat. Mm -hmm. Congrats, mate. Um, it did feel like I'm Gargants, so I'm just going to get this battle tactic. And then I'm going, oh, I'm going to get that battle tactic. Oh, I get an extra point because I'm a monster. It's like they. it did feel, I'm sure that he had bit bigger tests than my list, oh. but it did feel like, oh, the tactics were like, like choosing off a buffet menu. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll have that one this time. Not like, oh, shit, how am I going to get over there to get Savage Spearhead? And how am I going to... It was just well, it's like... A, it's actually a really interesting question, or an interesting point to be made during the, the launch of our, two, our first two Age of Sigmar battle tomes. Because it's kind of counterintuitive when you look at 40k versus Age of Sigmar. In 40k, the battle tactics, or like, or like secondaries effectively, in 40k, they're... They're better in the book than they are in the core. So effectively, mm -hmm. your average points per battle tactic is slightly different in 40k. But generally, you'll score more points out of your core book ones, although you can only choose one, than you will from generics. Whereas having looked at the, the Stormcast and also the uh, Uruk Warclans ones, they are generically worse and less achievable than mm. the core ones. And I think we're in a really interesting place because I, I do think that the core ones are too easy to achieve, oftentimes. Like, I really do. Like, they're, they're it's almost like, um, uh, you, it's almost so easy that you kind of go back to the, the primary scoring straight off the bat. Mm. 
Um, having looked at, we talked about this quite a bit, right? Yeah, you need some monsters in your list, and like, like, what the hell is monsters takeover? It's like, I have a monster, two points. Like, it's literally in your list, and I have a monster, it's two points. But I'd be interested to see tournaments a year down the line where we don't use those core ones, or maybe Games Workshop themselves a year down the line, GHB, they'll take those core ones out, and then we'll be in a much more interesting place where you really have got to use your your book battle tactics and they're much harder to achieve like and i think and also with your grand strategies as well right because like effectively it's three free points for your grand strategy as a mega gargant player yeah you're playing beastmasters right like yeah yeah, like or, or or hold the line your choice doesn't matter it's the same have one guy alive and win three points so uh, effectively um the the core rules play into this army super well at the minute um and it'd be interesting to see like what happens in years time because i'd be quite excited i don't know i know you haven't had time to digest them yet but it'd be quite exciting to maybe see battle tactics change uh next year and see them less effectively um uh taken uh really Mm -hmm. but you know maybe we are only looking at that polarized top end um, where people are winning, so obviously to us it seems like it's easy to achieve those battle tactics. I'm sure there's a bunch of people in the you know the two three category like, listen, Rob, it's really hard. Like I'm having a tough time. Uh, so. Yeah, <laughs> I think Cabbage makes a point in there, um, <laughs> and then Pete makes a good point. Uh, but um, Charlie's saying you know uh, that it's more to do with the fact that the rule changes have made them so much better. Um, and that's obviously true um, because giving easy access to plus, like switching on plus one to hit, switching on plus one to save. Um, I think being able to switch on plus one to save on a unit that's got 35 wounds is obviously more important or more beneficial than switching on plus one to save on a five wound hero. Much like Amulet on a five wound hero is nowhere near as efficient as Amulet on a 35 wound monster. Um they're just hyper competitive. I think, um, I don't know. I, I think the simplicity that sometimes the the non-Gargant player can see the simplicity in which the Gargant player is able to play. And that can sometimes rub people up the wrong way. I'm, I'm talking completely honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're grafting and sweating your little balls off trying to figure out how you're going to be able to get enough models on there Mm. to counter the 30 models Mm -hmm. and then is he going to kill too many and then oh i'm going to get my hero there and so like just from the other side of the gargant fence you know we're over here waving up at you it's um it's pretty oppressive to play against and then they're just sitting there going boom 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 seven points your turn You know, so it, it, like I'm just it's just real talk you know what I mean it, it, it is really quite oppressive to play against um like Dan is an absolute babe and I've he never is. played he anywhere near guy. on on the top tables in such a chilled and friendly way mm. but it was just like but we've had this Hi, but we've had this before right like Sinesh like people were face rolling yeah, like yeah, yeah, totally. four oh five o's with uh, Sinesh uh, and again not saying uh, Dan's face rolling or any mega gargant players are face rolling I'm sure that first turn move is is a challenge um but the the like we get this all the time 
right? Uh, no, what's no. What's most important is to is to if you are if you're the mega Kong player sat at home right now, you must be like fucking loving life, and that's great for you. Really happy for you. If you're someone else playing something else, you really do have to identify and, and understand. Like we talked about on the stat show last week, and then thankfully uh, the community uh, Metal Watch article uh, helped tell you uh, more of you about what we've been researching and looking at um, over the past few months. Is that uh, those you got to say you're going to an event. Um, so how are you going to kill some fat lads? Like, and you have to. You have to go for some big DPS output. And if you play anything else, you'd be like, oh, fuck it. Whatever. Like, <laughs> so I'm fucked. I've got, I've got a tip for everyone. Anyone, anyone who wants to play Nagash, don't YOLO him into all four on turn one. Rubbish. Um, Rubbish. That's a, that's I think tip. you should. Oh. Right. So that, so that's uh, so that, those are the two lists that we've seen do well. And we've seen lists similar uh, do well over the past uh, few weeks. And I think you, we're going to continue, Owen, uh, to see, uh, I want to go through the four ones. I kind of want to ask you a question before we get into the one dayers because I think this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to talk about the four one bracket because I think there's some really really good stuff in there which is worth talking about. Uh, so uh, you had uh, Tom Morsey and the Soul Black Grave Lords Castelli Dynasty. Now we've seen. I've said this again. If you want the most interesting book in Age of Sigmar three, it's got to be that Soul Black Grave Lords book. You can run, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, your Greg Shelton kind of style like Nagash. Um, uh, Vengori Lord, Min Battleline. You know, I've seen Andy Hughes run similar as well. So that's th- those sorts of lists. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we've seen in America and Australia, we've seen um, Direwolves um, and uh, Radikar and um, uh, Radikar and Belladama do really well. Yeah. We've seen uh, we've seen Manfred and Velos doing super well as well. Is a completely different build. Sometimes with a Vengori Lord, sometimes not. Uh, and now Tom has like done a Castelli Dynasty list. We did see a couple of Blood Knights in a list a week before, but he's taken twenty five. He also took the Rat Prince, which I think was just a was just an absolute fucking like Chad move. He was like, by the way, this guy shit here he is, uh, which I just think was fucking great he's like i got 85 points i don't give a fuck uh and he went 4-1 with that list and i think that's really exciting right yes yes absolutely um i think the one thing that you haven't touched on in the list and that we're going to see more and more is um vordry vordry is the source i think manfred was paid maybe the early pick because he was your techie piece and he did this super cool thing where he can bounce out of combat but prince vordry is a beast i think tom was disappointed because he whiffed against laurie in round five and and i think that's what that that was the path to to laurie's victory in that game um but yeah vordry on the charge if you want to have something that can go in and and put a big dent in a gargan um and also he's got fist of nagash for the hero phase um activation um yeah it's cool man yeah and you're right about that soul blight book i played soul blight round one and it was very different again it was avangori with terror geists and zombie dragons and um lao kavai and a load of dogs it just seems um an amazing an amazing book it's just over there to be honest with you yeah no same same i actually was looking at stl files for graveguard thank you very much to cv in the chat pointing out because graveguard slap as well right like the book's just got Mm -hmm. like loads of legs uh, it's really, really like there's so much. Uh, Benjamin in the chat studio was pointing out that um, uh, Vordry can take um, 
uh, a, uh, a a Mega Gargant off a turn, as I assume double piling in um, a Grave Guard will absolutely uh, like smash one off as well. So there's some like there's just some there's some good output in there. There's some good ish magic. There's, I mean, we I didn't even talk about the zombie list that did super well last week, right? Uh, so there's also like yeah, the zombie list did super well last week as well. So there are so many options in that book, and the thing is, is it's it doesn't oppress in the 5-0 category. What it does is it plays super great into the 4-1 category, and we've talked about this for weeks now. And I think it's got to be like really, really exciting. And and more I see of that, uh, the more I like the game kind of opens up to me. And I'm like, do you know what? Like I would comfortably run around with that, go three, two, four, one at an event, and just ha like. And you've got loads of tools, right? You're just doing fun yeah. things. You're just having fun. Yeah, yeah it feels like um, it feels a bit like Skaven, but we, we in terms of you've got a big model range. There are plenty of different ways to do it. I mean, Darren on the List Diary show last week, I would implore people to go and watch that because his um, Soul Blight list was very different to what I was thinking because he went for Sea Legion of Night. I think Castellai and um, Vicross, they're the, the prevalent builds. But as I say, you know, Avangori Monster Spam is a bit more of a fun one. But um, Legion of Night with the Deep Strike and protecting your characters, it just seems like a really deep book. Um, and I would say skaven like like a skaven but with more efficiency and you've got that you can you can plug nagash in also a bit yeah, of a, a bit of a skill set book as well there's a lot of holy withins uh and mm -hmm. fairly short range as well like holy within 12 inches and what i mean by that is it's not necessarily as easy to pick up and play as maybe like let's say let's not pick on gargants and let's say something like a bunch of stone horns right um yeah. you know like it's not quite so monosyllabic there's a bunch of options and also a bunch of like where you put stuff in the movement phase uh so yeah great book so that was tom um, and did really well with that. And then is he in the English team for Six Nations? No, coach. Probably coach. He loves he loves coaching, so I think he's going to be the coach. So okay. yeah, um, uh, I'd expect to see a Soul Blight army in that team. To be honest with you, because it is such a great book. Yeah, I'd expect that as well. Tom Hewitt with the Sons of Behemoth list, uh, Breaker Tribe, uh, James Tinsdale, and Owen Jackson uh, with Osiot Bone Reapers list, Petrofex four one. Owen, you're in the four one bracket. Both of you, uh, by the way. Um, uh, running different uh, Petrofex lists as well, or specifically you had Nagash and he didn't bring Nagash, right? No, he went for like a more of a mixed army um, with Arcan as the, as the head. He picked me by a point to be the top Bone Reaper, um, not salty or anything. Um, but yeah, he had some more. He had quite a, a really nice mix of, of, of different units in there, which I liked. Liege Cavalos, a Catapult, a Harvester, um, a couple of Harbingers, um, Soul Mason and then 30 more tech. Whereas I went uh, for basically my list now, which I'm about 60 games in with my list, I think. Wow. 10 tournaments, Rob. 10, Ten tournaments. 10 tournaments, Owen. Can't mess with that. I'm an addict. <laughs> <laughs> Get the plastic in me. Um, yeah, I had a great time. Uh, I Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, happy with the 4-1. There's not many 4-1s for OBR. And there are not. It, and and shout out to James as well. He's in the English team um, as well. Uh, so like so like and you're in well no you're running Six Nations. Uh, so another really competent player and again pushing OBR around um, and not easy to we, we don't generally see a lot of um, OBR in four ones. Very much like we don't see many KO ever in the four one. And the standout opportunities where we've seen KO five O was like Tom from Warhammer Weekly and also Jeremy Vissier um, with yes. his five O as well. So like. 
you you oftentimes see things in the four one. You don't see that, so I think you should be super chuffed with that. Um, and well done, well done. Fun fun Thanks, weekend. Dude. Some good games. Yeah, some cracking games. Uh, very brief overview. I played into Kirioth, you know, the 40k streamer Kirioth. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. I gave him his first ever game. Um, so I didn't hand him dust anything off turn one. I was nice to him. Um, uh, we had a great game. Avangori is actually quite a hard counter to my list because minus one to wound bubble means that all the Mortec wound on fives. But I just, yeah, pinballed Nagash around. So, yeah, and then I played Alex Jones, the TO for Carnage. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, he'll he'll agree that it was pretty carnage. I basically took off about eighty percent of his army before his second turn, which was the thing. <laughs> that was Stormcast. Um, well, what happened, Rob, was he he um, used a Celestine Prime Scepter to take off Mia Kanan on turn one. How dare you know he? So how much it, it made you livid. Absolutely livid. So uh, Nagash just just plowed a furrow straight towards uh, the Prime, um, and uh, yeah. So that was a bit, and then I had a big win against you know Nige from the um, uh, the Marauders. Marauders. Nigel, yeah, Nige is great. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. That was a if he if he watches this, that was a brilliant game, and we both um, yeah, that was um, Thunder Lizards with Gottrek. So that was a pretty good win for me. Yeah, and then Marathi and the Bow Snakes on Sunday morning against Dan um, Bradshaw. Mm -hmm. I got very lucky there. Well, he got lucky. And he left Nagash on one wound after um, Marathi powered up and left. Left he got Mind Razor off and left uh, Nagash on one wound. Uh, and then I managed to jazz around the board a bit and, and and get a big win there on turn five with with some luck. And then yeah, then I got rolled by um, uh, by the Gargants and Dan. Play he played it great. I spunked my load a bit too early and um and then the, the all the objectives landed in a line mm. on shifting objectives or what's it called veins of Gur. yeah but yeah brilliant i had a wicked time it would have been amazing to get a 5-0 with obr but you know i'm just that one step closer i mean but, a, t- uh, a fair like um the last two games at least fairly like tough path to victory uh in that uh, in that front and dan's a babe so like that's fine oh yeah yeah if i ever want anyone to beat me on uh table to game five, it'll be Dan George. Who's named all of his units. Yeah, that's the yeah. way. That's the way. Because he's a narrative gamer, mainly. He is uh, indeed. Yeah, yeah. so uh, in the 4-1 bracket as well, Richie uh, from Just Play uh, with his Luminath, Realm Lord, Zytrek, and he had 50 Sentinels. He had a 30 and a 10. Uh, so something we've seen a, a few times. We've seen, uh, we saw 60 Sentinels take out an Ardacom, oh, Ardacom? Ardacom? The, the King in the North um, uh, last week. Yes. Um, uh, and so... Um, I would four one's a great result for Richie. Um, uh, Andy Hughes uh, again uh, dominating with that with that Nurgle list. Um, uh, yeah. Magnificent Wanderers doing really solid. Andy did a faction reaction on Nurgles last week, uh, and amazing that he even made it today too, based on the drinking. I think on uh, Saturday, uh, Mark Wildman with his Cities of Sigmar living city list. It would have been really great if that guy uh, knew any of his rules to any of his armies. Um, have you ever seen Mark Wildman play? He just asks. He's like, I'm going to move this. What do you think? It's like, what do your rules say, Mark? Like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we played recently. That's that's a big joke between me and him. Uh, he's obviously an amazing gamer. Uh, Dan Bradshaw with his uh, Marathian the Bow Snakes list, which you played. Uh, Amir Rice with his Sons of Behemoth list. So again, Sons of Behemoth in that 4-1 bracket at this event. Uh, and then there's two kind of standouts for me here. Um, although Mark should be applauded for his Living City list actually going 4-1. That's actually super impressive. Um, uh, is Math Mallow with that Sylvaneth 
Uh, and then Mike Wilson with that Slaves to Darkness with more corn in there as well. Um, both mm. of which, like, are very rare uh, to hit into that 4-1 bracket, and they both should be super chuffed with that. Yes, and as a bit of context, uh, Math Mallow only lost to Laurie, mm-hmm. and Mike Wilson only lost to Dan George and the Gargans. So they both came up against the... Um... But also, Math Mallow won best order. It was great. Um, really, really happy for, for Matt. Um, because he faced off against um, round five was Peter Kukowski, you know, a very, very proficient Polish player yep. who did really well on the stream at LGT. Um, and yeah, he managed to, um, Alariel uh, did the work and, and pretty much whomped most of, of the daughter's army. So a, a, a big win for him there and he was absolutely buzzing. So um, yeah, good on you, Matt. As he should be, it. and uh, like because that's again super rare. We never see that. Although we have actually seen a five zero silver netlist previously, um, so that's that's quite nice. Uh, so congratulations. One more, one more point, sorry, yeah, yeah. Rob, if I may. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to say that the three Gargant lists that we listed there yeah. between Emir, Tom, and Dan, all different sub factions. One stomper, one breaker, one taker. So there's a there's a, a little just just to note that they're um. A very, a very, very strong across all the, across all the war babies. <laughs> they, yeah, thank you. Yes, I, I, I guess that's the point. I mean, does it fucking matter? You just be like, you just turn up and you're like, excuse me, mate, which one's the Amulet Destiny? Like this guy, like, all right, nice. Okay, let's fucking get it on. Uh, are you going first? <laughs> Right, okay, walk on the objectives and I'll see if I can take them off. Let's fucking play. <laughs> it doesn't, like, at least as the, like, the counter, it's not quite as much of a head fuck as playing against, like, Archeon's Inch. You're like, mm-hmm. what am I going to, like, he can, he can make it so I don't make my charge. Like, you're just like, cool, you want me to fucking hit that guy really hard. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Let's fucking power <laughs> it up, boys. <laughs> like, it's honest, at least. Um, uh, there's some other events going on, right? Yes, yeah, there was um, a couple of TTS events that I thought we should touch on. Please. Um, Trogdor, who featured on the stream a few times with, with, uh, during the, during the uh, sort of peak TTS lockdown days, um, he's now um, moved and he TO'd a really big event, international event. I think there were about maybe 60 players or something. Um, and six rounds, Rob. Um, but much like a lot of the TTS events and, and these big tournaments, uh, the, the cream always rises to the top. So there was one player in the 6-0 and o bracket, uh, which was um, Philip Kartiev, um, the, 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 the Russian, Russian master at this point. The Russian war master himself, indeed, um, with a Legion of the First Prince list. I've got the link there. I'm just, I haven't actually looked at it. Let's see, Let's see what he ran. Um, Do-do-do-do-do. So yeah, Legion of the First Prince. He was the only six and zero. Oh. Um, yeah, thanks, Gutsman, in the chat. Yeah, the the tournament was Release the Beast, um, not Yeast, MJ. Um, <laughs> so Bellacore, Kairos, Blue Scribes, Slaves to Darkness, Demon Prince. So that's what you'd expect to see in a two K list, isn't it? That's you your hero loadout, really. Yeah, yeah. So all he's done is just been able to. Oh yeah, and is it is two K? What am I talking about? It's six games, but it's two K. And then he's just gone standard, very simple. Three times ten pinks. Yeah. Life swarm portal burning head. Yeah. Um, and nineteen thirty five. So he's obviously teched for that triumph. And I assume this would have um, been under this would have been under old uh, rules as well. Uh, so the pinks not quite what they are now. 
um, because pinks pinks have like side graded a little bit, um, maybe lost some efficacy as a shooting unit um, uh, ultimately. But yeah, um, uh, a, a, such such a solid list, right? Because it's quite interesting what they're doing. Like the Legion of the First Prince list, I find fascinating in Age of Sigmar at the moment because it's a counter. Like it almost plays like completely oppositely to Gargants. Gargants are like, I achieve all my battle tactics and primaries all the time, and you're like, well done. And it's like, I get bonus points. Whereas uh, this this list, Legion of the First Prince, it just says, hey, you can't do things. You won't make that mm. charge for that battle tactic. You won't do this. Like it shuts you down, which I think is fascinating. Mm. I think that's such an interesting like stop them scoring points. Uh, versus maybe scoring points yourself. Although I'm sure you score a bunch of points yourself as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people in the chat um, just uh, repping Trog, uh, saying it was an excellent event. So, um, yeah, really good to see you there. And, um, yeah, uh, I, I still think there's a lot of play in Legion of the First Prince. The only thing that's a downside for it, I'm not sure how you feel, Rob, but it's very much a, a turn five uh, win you know it's not an early game go in and smash with it being a pure control deck and without there being much output there um you do have to get all the way through your five turns yes. so it, it's very much it's the it's the opposite of gargants in the sense that you often get a gargant game finishing perhaps an hour early whereas these i'd imagine all go the distance because it's very much about attrition and board control and sniping off key bits and trying to debuff stuff and control like you've described um so Maybe that's why it helps on TTS. I'm not sure if they were uh, tight round times because, you know, with, with games being able to run a little bit, then you could see a list like that doing really, really well um, because it is a late game army. Um, but yeah. And then there was quite a number in the 5-1. The um, if uh, I can run through those quickly, if you like, there was some interesting 5-1 um, yeah, yeah, I'd like to hear. So Antu, again, um, someone who featured very well and uh, very heavily in TTS. Um, he ran um, Marathi, 15 Bow Snakes, and Gotrek in Daughters of Cain, which um, is obviously really strong. Um, then there was Nikita Petrov, who I think is a... He may be a, um, on the Russian team with Philip, um, perhaps. He was running an interesting list. So Legion of Night with Manfred two necromancers, and then just a load of bodies. I think he had two to three units of blood knights, two units of 30 skellies, two units of 10 dogs. So loads of board control. And then I think skellies, because they regenerate when they activate, getting Van Hells off. It looked like Van Hells was the key spell, obviously, because he's got redundancy on the necros. So that's a nice list. Um, Stuart Iron Gutsman, uh, Winter by Ogres, Rob. Two Frost Lords, 18 Yetis. I, I never know. The... Like, at this point, I, no. Iron, Gutsman, Iron Gutsman just plays like a, a form of Warhammer I don't understand. Like it's like he's it's like he's speaking Spanish or like Japanese or whatever. Like I just don't get it. Like he's like he's he's like he's the fourfold box. I don't even know. Like he's that four D chess that they play in Star Trek, and I'm just like, mm. cool man, whatever. Well done at this point. Congratulations. Tell me when I lose. <laughs> Look at you, he said, I'm just playing Gargants in a different language. Sure. All right, thanks. Good. Uh, um, can we just, just for the people listening at home, can we just repeat the list? Just so. I'll, I'll get you the exact list. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. And, I, and I'll put it up on the Honest Wargamer website for people. Uh, I'll also put, I mean, I'll put up, also put up the Legion of the First Prince and uh, Math Mallow Sylvaneth list, although I'm sure it will be similar to what we've uh, seen previously and is already on the website um, for you guys. Go on, Owen, sorry. 
See, you can see that Stuart's a man of culture because he runs an Underworld's Warband in his list as well. So, you know, I'm just going to fist bump you across the screen there, Stuart. All men of culture run the Underworld's Warbands in their list, uh, definitely. You know it. Yeah. Um, so, Frostlord on, so he's, yeah, Winterbite, uh, Frostlord on Stonehorn uh, with the Frost Fang and Metal Cruncher. Uh, a Frostlord on a Thunder Tusk, who's the general, Winter Touched Amulet of Destiny. Mm hmm. Hrothgorn, um, the hunter, the underworld's lad, mm -hmm. the hunter, uh, a butcher uh, with ribcracker and a firebelly with billowing ash. That uh, that TM pick, Winterbite, so he's getting the minus two to hit in shooting. Beautiful. Uh, in a big uh, when he's in his deployment, and then the the big bubble of minus one to hit, and then he's just got six units of three ice four yetis, and Hrothgorn's man trappers. Hrothgorn. Hrothgorn's man trappers. Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, now, you, we've actually done some coverage of uh, Iron Gutsman playing on TTS previously. If you guys want to go back and find it somewhere in our catalogue of madness, um, I'm sure there's some in there somewhere, and you guys should check it out because it's super worthwhile, um, and he's such a, a competent player. But yeah, this is on TTS, right? What else... Um, what else is in that bracket? I mean, just thinking about time. Uh, the last two in the bracket are somebody I've never heard of before, but they go by the name of Little Tank. Go on, Little uh, Tank. They, they took Fleshy to Courts to a 5-1. Um, Gristlegore, no doubt, uh, with um, two kings on Terrorgeist and an unridden Terrorgeist. Um, so, yeah, obviously did really well with that to push those big Now, big they monsters. don't play well into the shooting meta, but surely they play well into the Gargan meta. Like Ghoul King on Terrorgeist. Oh. Just pile in, activate twice, and just be like, like surely you're going to lift one, or close to lift one, right? Oh, yeah. I mean... Six mortal wounds is still amazing, and gruesome bite is still a thing. So yeah, yeah, and exploding um, sixes, like yeah, like I don't know. I'm sure, surely that's still a thing. Like going into, like yeah, it loses to shooting. But if you compare it into, like I was thinking, what would I do in a teams format? And I'd put like a flesh eater course list in there, just trying to pair it into the gargants if I could. Not Archeon, maybe, maybe Archeon. I'm not sure, but if I could pair them into any of those two, like, do you know yeah, what I mean? I just try and lift them off. Yeah, now that Archeon doesn't make you re-roll your sixes, then just go boom. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's still so scary. I mean, against uh, Kirioth at the weekend, he had an unridden Terrorgeist. And for two turns, he didn't get in because he kept failing his charges. And then he finally got in. He rolled three attacks, not even re-rolling. Just did 12 mortal wounds, popped two sixes. And, you know, that's a third of a Gargant gone. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. Do it twice, right? Like, yeah. surely there's a place for Flesh Eater Courts at the moment. In a team's format, especially, I'm thinking. But anyway, that's, yeah. just, that's if you can organise um, that pairing. And then the final 5-1 was uh, a gentleman called Leo Bilton. Um, he took Thunder Lizards, and he had a Skink Chief on a Steg, three more Stegadons, and two Bastilladons. So Laser Dinos for the win. Um, Amazing. Yeah. That's cool. It's scary, man. Like, after playing Nigel in game three on Saturday, I managed to lift off two stegs and a Carnosaur, and he had one Bastilladon left. And even just that, it was just smoking all my troops. Just like, <laughs> plus one to hit. He didn't even have the reroll ones to hit, but plus one to hit, and then um, running and shooting, and uh, running and shooting, and then double tapping. It was, yeah. Nine shots, threes and threes, rend one, two damage. Like, it makes you roll dice to fail your saves and it lifts stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still flat three damage into demons. 
scary. That was Andy Hughes's only loss at the weekend. Was into Seraphon with a double Basti because that is amazing into demons. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and he's running all the fatties, right? Um, yeah, that's that's plenty that want to fight. Yeah, crazy, uh, crazy, and yeah, that skink priest still criminal. I think uh, ultimately. Um, all right, so it sounds like a super fun. Are there going to be more TTS events? Because one of the things that we kind of ignore or have ignored, uh, Owen did such an amazing job uh, for the community during lockdown here in the UK, but across the world. Um, but loads of other people are still in lockdown, right? Um, like, yes. So, like, are there so. other are there other TTS events still kicking off? Yeah, I've got a Hammer Time event coming up soon. Um, and then also um, there's obviously G-Con happening over in Australia at the moment. Yeah. Um, which obviously I think it's John McKinley and obviously Smorgan gave you some deets on that one. Um, wow, we just had a massive raid, Rob. I've never been, we've never been raided before, have we? Who raided yeah. us? 95 viewers. Hello. Robotron. We've raided Robotron previously. He's a comedian, right? He does like he does hilarious Twitch YouTube, which is great. Um, and we've raided him several times. That <laughs> was like months ago. Thanks, Robotron, uh, for the raid. Uh, we, uh, my name's Rob. Uh, this is Owen. We're talking about Warhammer. Uh, if you guys don't know, the little tabletop miniatures. You can actually play it as a competitive game, a bit like an eSport. I'll just do the quick pitch. A bit like an eSport around the world. Specifically, there are two main games, Age of Sigmar and 40k. Age of Sigmar, in our opinion, is way better because it's like wizards and dragons and fucking goblins and shit. And it's fucking yeah. great. And then people play all around the world they compete with each other and it's great 40k is also good we talk about that on another show um but it's it's pretty great uh and that's what we're talking about right now we're talking about those events uh so it was yeah. an event at the weekend there'll be an event next weekend people play all around the world if you're like oh god i always get stuck at home and i never have anything to do you should play warhammer you'll meet some of the greatest people you've ever met i met owen through it so there you go right so there's it's... the pitch done um, wow, have you done that before? The rest that of it amazing. for a company, for a company. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. <laughs> it was a great pitch, but yeah, we yeah we 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 talk about Warhammer every Monday, and it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, how many people are watching us now? Oh my god, a couple of hundred. Wish I'd had a shave now. Shit. <laughs> um. <laughs> so thanks for the, the raid. Pub. Thanks for the raid, Robert Tron. If you guys want to go find someone who's really uh, excitable, uh, I think that's the right way to describe him. Uh, you should go check him out. It's super fun. Um, uh, so we were talking about TTS events, right? Yes, we were. Uh, so yeah, we were, gonna, we were touching on the, the G-Con. I think maybe what we'll do, I, th I think there's only been a, a, a single round of games so far. I'm not sure if everyone's got their um, uh, got their games in. So we'll, we'll check back in with them maybe next week, Rob, once we've got some results. Sure. Um, but obviously that's really good for the community. And I think Pask, uh, is also running another one of his TM uh, Butchers events. I believe it's the Butchers Palette this time. I'm not sure exactly what the format is, but um, he's obviously doing a really good job about bringing people together. Um, so, yeah, that's what's happening over in Tabletop Simulator Land. Nice. Um, another a thriving community. So uh, in one-day events that have kicked off around the world, um, there's uh, in Loveland, Colorado, which we have to visit. Loveland, Colorado. Wow. Uh, there was the Battleshot Gathering of Warriors. It was a 20-player uh, one-day event. Uh, ben Neal, um, Owen, you're going to be super happy. Ben Neal uh, won it, but in, in the 3-0 category, with his Corn Reapers of Vengeance. My guy. My guy. Uh, Gregory... Uh, 
Gregory Goed uh, with Big War uh, also um, was in that 3-0 bracket as well. So they both placed in 3-0. Now, uh, we got an email from James Fryer who attended the event. So he emailed us at the Age of Sigmar Stat Center um, at gmail.com if you guys want to email us with any information about events around the world. Uh, he said... Um, uh, that he, this is one of his his second only events that he went to. I'm going to read out because it's a very sweet email. I'll be quick, Owen. Um, I played second about three weeks ago in a 10-man event, and I just placed third earlier today at a 20-man event. That was this one. Uh, why am I so excited? I did these with Glog's Mega Mob Troglist from Gits. Uh, I know Gits haven't been looking great meta-wise lately, and four of my six opponents from these two events had never even played against a Gits army of any type before. The first event was the Mountaintop Brawl, which we talked about. I'm not sure how the first event recorded stats as we handed them to uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, again, I was just excited, and I wanted to share my results, which I think is super sweet, um, uh, which is nice, because he uh, and he said he listens to the show, uh, and he thinks it helped him uh, get to where he got to. So I think that that's lovely. So thanks, James Fryer. Uh, that's really nice. Uh, there was also, um, thanks to Arthur Hayes, who emailed us about this one. Oh, he's what? there. Dark Child 316 He's like, hey, that's me. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, the Suave Lion. Uh, thanks for being new. Um, uh, right, so uh, the, just to fire through these. Uh, the Empire's Game 2K AOS event. Uh, which was 16 players, which is in South Carolina. Uh, Arthur Hayes emailed us. Thank you very much. That's super nice. Michael Schlegmilich, not sure I got that right, uh, uh, came in first place. I'm but so was in... proud of you, Rob. Thank I'm you. So, that's, I, I, I wouldn't have done any better there, mate. Schlegelmilich uh, came at first with his Zinch host Arcanum list. Um, but then in the 3 bracket was also Tobias Kempf with his Ogre Moor tribes and Bat Kennelly with his Cities of Sigma. So that was 16 players. And then finally in Ontario, Canada, Ontario, Canada, there was a critical hit Goran Pestilence tournament, which had 19 players. A couple of ha had a couple of lads from the Season of War crew, uh, which I think Carl Ong, who was in the 3 bracket. So you had Kevin Wardrop, Disciples of Zinch, Zach Hearns with the Slaves to Darkness, host of the Everchosen, Again, just showing that popularity. And then Carl Ong, Cities of Sigmar, Tempest Dialist. Um, so those guys were in the 3-0 bracket there. So they should all be super chuffed with that. And it's lovely seeing those little one-dayers pop up all over. They're great little like learning events, right, Owen? Yeah, what's also nice is people in the chat being like, that's me! And also we've got now we've got Trog, obviously a massive Trog lover. Like five, <laughs> Dark child DMing each other. Five-fiving James in the, in the chat like, yes! <laughs> Trog bros unite. Trog bros, uh, trog bros. <laughs> and then yeah, you've got Bart in there as well. Um, that city's list was a was a was a hollow heart list. Um, unsurprisingly, so yeah. Um, I think yeah, it's That's... nice to see each. One thing we didn't touch on with uh, was um, with Facehammer that attended at the weekend. Rob, um, no Seraphon, Zinch, or Eidneth Deepkin in the four one or five zero bracket. Very interesting. How, how the world has changed, right? Uh, significantly. It's not that I don't think that they're capable of it either, though. Um, I'd just be interested to see. You saw a lot of the players. You saw, like, a lot of very competent players not necessarily running them. Um, like, uh, and, you know, like... <laughs> Some of the, I don't know. We're going to get some deep dive stats. We actually, uh, Ziggy in the chat. So big shout out to him. Also shout out to Warhammer Rob. Um, uh, and who else has been? Uh, Tristan, I think, and a, and a Cabbage as well. Uh, we've been updating our uh, stat sheets. If anyone wants to uh, help us fill in our stat sheets, you let us know. Because uh, by next week, I think is going to be my promise. By next Monday, we're going to have a comprehensive stat breakdown. 
uh, is going to be, uh, and we we can have a little more of a look at Owen and 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 make a and make some decisions on it if you want. Um, I would love to. Yeah. I would love to. I mean, we don't always put loads of stats on the on the screen, do we? But we we we're, we've got all that information. We're just gonna we're gonna get it out there at some point, aren't we? It's more about um, it's more about presentation than anything else. That's the important yes. part. Uh, right. So, uh, what events have we got coming up? We have uh, we've got a couple of big team tournaments coming up soon, but then also um, we've got the Belgian AOS Championships coming up, Rob. And it looks like they've got quite an interesting system that they're going to Im- implement for you know choosing those sort of top table pairings. Um, have you got any more insights on that at all? Uh, what on the pairings for the tables? Yeah, because I think. The, the notes are saying that they're going to be using an ELO oh, system. Oh, yes, so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we had an email. Thank you very much from Quentin. Uh, Belgium, Belgium, uh, Belgium are running the Belgium AOS Championship, but they're going to be using an ELO system. So it's going to be uh, three or four events. I think it's four over the course of a, a few months. Um, and then the winners based on an ELO system, which is quite interesting because it's not just like the top eight, the top eight, the top eight. It's more like, yeah, like you might come like, I don't know, fifth right or something or you might only go 4-1 every event but everyone who you beat um was uh, was competent and like it was a, like a really tough win path so your elo rating will be quite high so you'll be invited to the to their kind of masters slash like final championship based on your elo rating if that makes sense so it's it's not necessarily about how well you place it's about who you beat over the course and they're going to be trialing this in belgium uh, so this is the belgian aos championships which i think is a great little initiative and super fun uh thing yeah, I think um, Warhammer Rob saying, what's the ELO system? I thought they were a cover band for a while. <laughs> um, but uh, it's obviously something to do. It's something to do with, yeah. So it's like, that. so they do that. So they do it They do it in chess, right? So what yes. happens is if I beat, like, let's say I'm the worst player in the world, right? And Owen beats me. He doesn't get a very significant, like, bump up, right? However, if Owen beats Tomb King Tristan in the back, uh, in the chat, who's the best player in the world, right, then your score gets way higher if you beat Tristan than if you beat me. Does that make sense? And then Tristan's definitely clipping that, by the way. <laughs> Tomb King Tristan, the best player in the world. <laughs> Thanks to Nico for resubscribing, by the way, and to Ziggy uh, for gifting a gift subscription. Uh, so it's, so uh, you get a, you get a score, effectively so it's not like strength of schedule so chess you do it over time right like you just keep playing people what it effectively means is it doesn't really benefit you playing people who aren't very good and you need to keep playing people at your level so that you can go up points and if you beat someone who is seen to be or points wise is better than you you'll go even higher effectively so your elo rating goes up um the better the person you beat is effectively and again if you lose to someone who's way better than you you don't get pushed down as much but if you lose to someone who's way worse than you you drop a big significant chunk so like there's a lot more pressure on who you play and where they're placed if that makes sense so if you like continue to win and beat more and more people and go more and more up you would be like really high up in the cloud so you might be called like mr blue sky maybe might you Yes. <laughs> Stop the stream. Stop the stream. <laughs> uh, thank you to artists uh, Des Fury uh, in the chat. And thanks, uh, Benjamin. That was the better description. If any of you have watched The Queen's Gambit, it's the thing that Beth asks about at the start when she's like, what's my ELO rating? That's, that's what it is. You've watched Queen's uh, Gambit, right? Uh, I mean? Nice. 
Yeah, I was going to literally just do another ELO pun about her being an evil woman, but I thought better of it. So we're going to just move on. Okay. <laughs> okay. I need to lie down. Yeah, well, um, So anyway, sorry. I literally didn't take in any of that information. I was just thinking about puns around a 70s rock band. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yes, um, Blood Tithe is coming up soon. In two less than weeks. two weeks, mate. Two weeks, we'll be doing live coverage. Uh, me and the Troll Slayer will be there. We might be getting infield reporting from the Donal. Uh, I'm still waiting to hear back from that. That's tentative, so don't be too excited, uh, potentially. Okay. Uh, so we might be getting that, which will be very, very exciting. So we've got loads of... Uh, we're going to be doing coverage. We'll be doing coverage of the 40K stuff as well, as well as the Age of Sigma stuff. So it's going to be a pretty tasking uh, event. Uh, at the weekend for the lads if anyone is free and wants to come and help out drop me a message uh because it's going to be a it's going to be a big old job teams of four uh, it's going to be maybe the largest agency more events so far um agency more three events so far maybe yeah i would say so i think there's a lot of teams um and obviously mark wilson is a stellar to so it's going to be a really a really and a very competitive tournament you know lots of the players on the top tables over the weekend were you know, asking, oh, who are you in a team with? Who are you in a team with? So, um, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a bit of a shark tank. Um, but also there's loads of teams being put together for people's first ever team event, which is an amazing experience. I know that you think it's the best way to play. So, um, yeah, and I'm sure many people agree. We're gonna, um, we're, I'm actually going to be doing some uh, separate shows on those um, in the future. Uh, so we'll talk more about that um, as well. I'll, I'll announce that as we go on. So that's exciting. And then you've got Six Nations. You're going to be running that, Owen? Yes, 13th and 14th of November. So the pack went out, the initial pack went out last week, and we're going to now sort of formalize that pack. Uh, running it alongside uh, Dan Arnold, who you know well from helping you out at the wonderful, Super, wonderful uh, at the TSN. Yeah, yeah. He's very much the brains behind the operation, and I'm more of the hype beast, but I'm happy to be that guy. So, yeah, really, really looking forward to running that event at the new Firestorm Games in Cardiff, which. Looks like an amazing venue. I'm yeah. hoping to get down there soon. And we'll be doing coverage from there as well. And then, um, uh, so then there's a couple of other events. We've got Bobo in the UK. That's looking, that's going to be really exciting. That's actually a two, two 100-man events, or roughly two 100-man events, with the top eights going, two top eights going through to play here at the TSN Arena uh, for a 16-man, like, like uh, Masters kind of tournament sort of thing, like, wow. which, is, which is quite fun, I think. Definitely. That sounds super cool. I need to get a ticket then in that case. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> you know, John, get, get me a ticket. <laughs> um, uh, and and then, then obviously yeah. there's going to be lots of other tournaments all around the world and events that we're, we're not aware of. Um, so if you'd like to let us know, you can get in touch with the Stat Centre, can't you? You can. Also, another event that is going to be happening is an event called Fanatic. I think it got confirmed last night, which is in Sweden on 9th of October. And I'll be there. Uh, doing live coverage with my Swedish crew. Um, uh, so amazing. Well, uh, amazing. So that's going to be really fun. Uh, it's going to be one of the most northern events in the world, in the calendar this year. Uh, and it'll be fun touching base with the different communities. So uh, again, I think it's confirmed, uh, but we'll talk more about that in, in the future. Nice to see how the Swedish meta looks. Uh, Swedish meta balls. Uh, nice. I'm not going to make that joke ever again. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> I wonder how many raiders we kept hold of, Rob, because I think that that was, even if you knew nothing about Warhammer, I think that was mildly entertaining. Literally zero. Uh, we we, <laughs> we start. <laughs> Just the bros and girls in the chat. Love you guys. 
Fuck the haters. Fuck the haters. Um, <laughs> right, Ari, thanks uh, for today. It's been lovely. Uh, and congratulations again on the weekend and a stellar result. You should be super chuffed. Thanks, man. Yeah, I had a lot of nice messages from people. If if I may, I'm, I'm always privileged to be able to do a few shout-outs. Yeah, yeah, so may it. I do a couple just before we sign off? Um, I've loved chatting today, by the way. Um, always. I've missed, 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 missed all this for the last couple of weeks because of stupid work. Um, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so I just wanted to thank very briefly, um, all my opponents. So, uh, John Kiriath, uh, Alex, Nigel, Dan and, and Dan, um, and also wanted to shout out Laurie. Not only did you win the tournament, but you also won best sports. So that's quite hard to do. Um, so yeah, big shout out to Laurie respect. And then also want to shout out Matt Mallow cause he put me up on the Saturday night and I got to have a, Lovely chat with him and his lovely girlfriend on the Sunday morning, and we had tea and didn't think about Warhammer at all. You know, sometimes when you play, then you you obsess too much about the matchup. Yep. I didn't think about it at all, and I just turned up and um, and won. So um, yeah, uh, I think that's everybody. And also, I want to shout um, uh, Russ and Byron for putting on a great event. Of course, um, yeah, those so. are the organisers of the event. Of course, yeah, yeah. we didn't mention so, that. I'm sorry. Um, thanks for um, hosting that was that was wicked lovely lovely great work uh, I want to shout out Tomagens in the chat who did really well at a one day and I forgot to mention it oh dear uh, <laughs> oh dear buddy oh dear I'm sorry uh, <laughs> I want to also let everyone know obviously we'll be live again tonight talking about the Stormcast Eternals book uh, I guess the question is uh, Owen do you know anything about Flavortown I don't but I, can I just do one more shout out yeah yeah Robster1984, I'm still here from the raid. Don't know anything about Warhammer, but I've enjoyed the conversation. Hey, you should tune in because we know, yeah. we like, no one knows what we're talking about if that helps you out. Uh, yeah, so yeah, have you ever been to Flavortown? Uh, well, I, I really like Pret. I'd call that Flavortown. Yeah. But other than that, no. no. It's Flavortown. Uh, well, it's not the Stormcast Eternals book, which is like the flower of uh of battle tomes really? yeah welcome to age of sigma 3 where it's a dusty dry land of zero mm. like mm, mm, what does this guy have as an ability he's got a nothing it's uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh whereas yeah cruel boys town at least uh feels like um like a like a like a nice lamp madras madras sorry um oh wow okay yeah so it's got some spice yeah there's some spice in there in the swamp I, I, like it's but it's flavorful like it's got like it's got a nice texture there's some there's some mm. there's some runner beans um uh they they clearly are gonna squat um a boat splitters but other than that like um uh yeah it's, anyway, anyway anyway uh we'll talk about that later it's gonna be really fun owen thank you for doing this it's been great thanks twitch chat love you loads thanks to everyone on the small game of patreon uh couldn't do it without you and of course thanks for everyone for tuning in live look after yourselves if you've got any thoughts and comments do it below and if you haven't hit the subscribe button on the fucking youtube i'm gonna fucking get you i'm gonna come around your house yeah right do it